My name is Scott Casey, and this is my story. I started coming to Lakeland Community Church when I was about 12 years old. Back then, I liked coming to Lakeland because I didn't have to dress up, there was always plenty of food to eat, and the music wasn't boring. Plus, they showed a lot more Star Wars clips than any other church I ever attended. <laughs> but as I continued to grow, both as a person and in my faith, I began to appreciate my church for entirely different reasons. I started serving in the children's ministry as a tech assistant, and there I encountered Christians with hearts for serving unlike anything I had ever seen before. Watching those leaders bring Jesus to children every week taught me what it means to, deeply, to be deeply connected with God and how to serve him with all your heart and all your strength. During this time, I also began to have a lot of questions about my faith. Lakeland became a safe place to seek answers and even encouraged me to keep asking difficult questions. Sometimes I would get a clear answer, and other times the best answer I would get would be an I don't know. Lakeland never pretends to have solved every great mystery that God has put before us. We have always been, as Dan says, the beggars telling other beggars where the bread is. Lakeland has never been just a place to me. When I started coming, we met in a movie theater, but that theater wasn't Lakeland. The people I met there every week were, and that's something that's still true today. We may have a building now, but Lakeland cannot be contained by these walls. We are a people. We are out in China and Haiti and Liberia and the inner city. God has made this building a home for world changers. And Lakeland encourages each of us to seek out how God wants to use us to further his kingdom. For all of these reasons, my wife Amanda and I knew that we wanted our children to be raised in this church as well. There was never any question about it. We knew that, Lake, that at Lakeland, ministry leaders would be there to care for them and guide them on their spiritual journeys. Here, they would see examples of how to connect deeply with God every time they walk through the door. They will feel comfortable enough to ask questions about their faith and wrestle with their doubts, and they will be given permission to be courageous, to listen to the call that God is already preparing in their hearts and to act on it. As a parent, this is all I could ask for when it comes to my children's spiritual lives. God has been preparing and reshaping my heart, too. Today, I'm doing things that I never would have dreamed about even a year ago. God has placed in me a new confidence and a new voice that I did not know I had. It's exciting and terrifying at once, because I don't know what, where my new journey is going to take me. But I'm glad to be on it with my Lakeland family. My name is Scott Casey, and this is my story. Well, what a different morning, everyone. Thanks for, uh, what, putting up with us? Thanks, Jason, for having water spit all over you. That's a wonderful thing to see. For those of you who came to the Vision Dinners and saw all those other people line up and have water spit on them without knowing that they were going to have that done to them, they got their revenge, and all is right in the world. And so it is good, especially as long as it involves harassing Jason. So, well, everyone, um, brothers and sisters in Christ, this morning... We set the vision for this church for the next three years. Just in the next few moments, we will set the vision and set the pace for what this church is going to call its vision for the next three years. It's not a morning where we give money. It's a morning where we give pledges for the next three years. There's no um, money taken. It's simply cards get turned in. They are spiritual cards because... Even though all of us think that we're going to change the world, the first thing that gets changed when we do this is us. 
I'm absolutely convinced that these financial challenges are the most effective discipleship tool that this church has. It is a powerful, life-changing thing, and it begins with each one of us. I'm sure by now that most of us understand, if you've been around for the last couple of months, that we're going to feed children and give them one good meal a day. I'm sure you understand that we're going to rescue orphans. We're going to save women's lives. We're going to provide operations for the sick. We're going to spread the gospel of Jesus to China. We're going to resource our inner city. We're going to put some finishing touches on our campfire room upstairs that's never been redone, except just brushed up now and then. We're going to put our best foot forward for our friends and neighbors and family so that when they come, they think that we really care about them. We're going to put a fresh paint, a coat of paint on things. We're going to fix some curbs. We're going to take care of that little muddy crack out there when you walk in the front door, small things like that. But it's got to get done. And we're going to continue to buy the building. This vision that we do today in 2017 began in 2004 when we bought this place. Of this entire financial challenge, about 50% will go towards continuing to buy the building so that we have a home, like Scott talked about. And about 16% will go outside our doors. And about 28% will go to make this place the best place possible to put our best foot forward. That's what we're about to, to, to commit to do. So can you see where we want to go? What kind of people we want to become? Do you have this kind of vision? Do you have the eyesight to see this? Do you have the spiritual vision to understand where we want to go as a church? Can you participate in this? Can you own it? It's very hard to do this sort of thing all by yourself, to go out and give money away and be charitable and change the world and work in the city and in the inner city and go to China. But together, we can do far more than any one of us could ever do alone. That's the power that we're about to embark on here. Can you see this? Because in the Bible is story after story after story of people who have incredible faith. There's also story after story of people who failed at having incredible faith. Whether it's King Saul and he goes and consults witches, you know, and fails to have faith. Or if it's like this story that I'm about to tell you that comes out of 2 Kings chapter 6. You don't need to look it up this morning like we usually do. I'll just tell it to you briefly, okay? 2 Kings chapter 6. There's an enemy king of Israel. His name is the king of Aram. The king of Aram is a bad king, and he is attacking the good king of Israel. Except the king of Aram and his military plans keep getting thwarted. Somehow, there's a spy that keeps telling Israel what their enemy, the king of Aram, is doing. And the king of Aram keeps scratching his head saying like, why are my plans, is there a spy in my midst? And he called in all of his generals and leaders and said, we have a spy because Israel keeps knowing all of our evil plans. He didn't say evil. He keeps knowing all of our plans to take over Israel. And they said, king, there is no spy. It's the prophet Elisha. Elisha is a prophet of God and he keeps hearing from the spirit what we're going to do to Israel. 
So the king, of course, is furious, and he says, all right, then go bring me this Elisha, the prophet, and we'll teach him a lesson to spy on us. They find out that Elisha is staying in the city of Dothan, the city of Dothan. So they send an entire huge army at nighttime, and they surround the city of Dothan where Elisha's staying. Elisha's servant wakes up in the morning, walks outside, and sees an entire army surrounding the city of Dothan. They've all come for one man, Elisha. The servant runs back inside and says, Elisha, master, you're not going to believe what you're going to see, but an entire army has come to get you. There's no escape. We're doomed. And then comes this famous passage that I love so much. His servant said, Alas, master, what shall we do? And Elisha replied, Do not be afraid, for there are more of us than there are of them. And then Elisha prayed, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And so the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The Bible is full of people just like us who lack vision, like Elijah's servant. And so I pray for you and I pray for myself. Oh Lord, open our eyes that we may see that there are more of us than there are of them. There is no reason to be afraid. God has surrounded our lives. Every time people like us, ordinary people like us, step out on faith, we become incredibly spiritual people. We become transformed, world-changing people every time we do this. And that's why we do these financial challenges. We become transformed people. I've seen it around here. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the life of Lori and myself. We have become strategically generous people over the years. Strategically generous people. The very first financial challenge that we did in 2004, I was scared spitless. I didn't want to give up any money. This was a big step to try and buy this place. We, we put off all of our investments. We put off vacations. We stopped replacing our cars. We didn't do any home updating. We didn't remodel anything or do anything like that. Not that I was really all that desperate about that thing. The car thing was kind of an important deal, but we put that off. But mostly, the main thing is, is that night when I talked to Lori, I said, what are we going to give? And it just felt like our number wasn't really what it should be. And I said, uh, is there any way that we could do something different? She said, well, we could do this. I could go back to work. And I go, when would you do that? And she goes, on your day off. And you can take care of the two toddlers. My one day off, taking care of little kids, which I'm such an expert at. <laughs> and so that's what we did. I gave up my day off, and I began to spend time with my children, which became such a precious thing to me. Did that for six years. Changed my life. Made me a better dad. And we were able to increase and actually double the gift that we are going to give because Lori started working. And then in our third challenge, <laughs> the third challenge around here, because this is our fifth one, 
And our third challenge around here, life happens, you know. Three out of four of us had a medical need. Braces were coming. Thought my wife needed knee surgery. My son needed an eye surgery. We didn't need the knee surgery, but we didn't know what was going to happen. And then cancer struck. And everything froze. And yet, God was faithful, and we kept our promise, even in uncertainty of income. We trusted God, and God took care of us. Over and over and over, this is the pattern in the spiritual life with Jesus, everyone. Every time you take a chance on God, not knowing what's going on, not without any guarantees, not without any sort of financial transaction being written up, God tends to show up. I think it's because we show up. And God says, good. Let's see what we can do with you. Who, who in the room has this vision? Who has the spiritual eyesight to see that we are surrounded by chariots of fire? Who can see this? Who can live their life this way? This, this financial challenge is a powerful, powerful change agent. It will transform you. Money is the most powerful change agent in our lives, everyone. We do whatever it says. And when we're scared, we stay scared. When we take chances and do big things, we get changed. This is the way life works. Who here who has kids didn't, you know, if you put the financial pencil to the have kids thing, no one would ever have children. It does not make good financial sense. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. And yet, we all know the payoff is so awesome because children are our favorite thing. On and on and on, this is the way life works. And that's what we're getting ready to do here. So I need to tell you something. If you want to write this down, well, you don't need to write it down. We're putting it on the screen this time. I want to tell you some people who have the vision around here, and it's the leadership of the church. This past week, just in the last few days, the leaders of the church went first on making a commitment, and I'm going to tell you what they have pledged. The elders, six families around here, the elders have committed $189,600 and 600. I don't even know, I used to saying numbers like this. $189,600. That's awesome. And that's cool because the elders are spiritually mature people. They have the vision. They have discernment. That's why they're your elders. They're supposed to do things like this. I totally trust them. But here's a more amazing group of people. All of those who are in leadership around here gathered Friday night to turn in their commitment. All of the small group leaders, all of the financial leaders, everybody who leads somebody else around here. And here's what they committed adding in to what the elders have committed. $890,490. I, I have to tell you that that's the largest amount since we bought the building for that group of people. Perhaps we can show our children how to not live in fear that our world is a perfectly safe place to be because the chariots of fire surround us. The Spirit surrounds our lives. 
I'm convinced that 2020 is a lesson for families. We choose to live differently for the sake of someone else. And if you sacrifice something, such as a vacation or putting off a car uh, update, and your children say, how come we're still driving this same old dumb minivan? You say, because we chose to give the money to children in Anapa, Mexico, so they can have one meal a day. Try and put that in the bank with your kids. Do you have this spiritual vision, everyone? Can you embrace this sort of trust in God? You can follow along. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.